0: This is the Legacy Builder Podcast, show number two.
1: We, I didn't know I was poor, you know, until I got older and figured out, you know, that hey, not everybody goes and digs through a dumpster at 10 o'clock at Safeway.
0: You're listening to Legacy Builder Radio, seeking out successful people to learn how they got their start, what drives them, and what they want their legacy to be. This show is to document the success of the people around us and have it to learn from for years to come. If you're here to be inspired, you're in the right spot. Stay tuned and enjoy the conversation. Welcome in to the Legacy Builder Podcast, episode number two. This is Chris Gibson, along with my co-host, Megan Gibson. And today we have an awesome couple that will be our guests. And we're excited to really tell their story. Both individuals have unique stories of where they came from, how they got to where they are today, but they are now both very successful together. And we're excited to really get to share that story with our listeners. So sit back and enjoy the interview. All right, today we have an awesome couple here with us And uh, I'm excited to really get to talk to them because they have a lot of irons in the fire. And uh, they are really uh, a couple that, you know, a lot of people don't see, uh, don't know who they are. They know their names. uh, But whenever, you know, people see them like, who is that? And you tell them who it is. It's like, wow, I didn't know that was them.
2: (laughs) Yeah, they uh, know them for sure.
0: I know them uh, and I am honored to know them because they are a, a couple that, Uh, I look up to, they really hustle and they inspire me with the things that they do. And so I'm excited to have them on today. And that is Bruce and Stephanie Temple. And uh, we are very, very excited to have you guys on the podcast today.
2: Yeah, so fun. Welcome. Yeah.
0: So, you know, just, just to start out, you know, I want to know kind of a little bit more about you guys, you know, where, what got you guys started in kind of the entrepreneurial, uh, journey that you were on you know from the beginning did y'all have any other you know just a nine to five job ever or did you always just have that mindset of we want to do our own thing
1: well she I, i've done heat and air for 30 years so that's what i've done forever in a day i feel like mm-hmm. and she was a school teacher so that was not going in the best direction she's working for epic and uh-huh. we all know where that went so yeah. <laughs> so long story short We, we just talked about doing something different and we, our daughter got married, Brittany, and we had a bad experience with the wedding. And literally when we left there, we said we can do this better. But anyway, so we talked about doing a venue and that was that page.
2: And so now you guys have started Rustic Rose out here in Cashin Mm -hmm. and that's where we are today. It's gorgeous. We love it here. Um, how have, how did that actually get started? Like what was the process of getting Rustic Rose started?
1: Well, we, she, she don't talk much, so.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Stephanie, how did you get Rustic Rose started?
3: (laughs) Well, I mean, the whole name of the game was, yes, I was teaching and I love to be in the classroom, but um, education has changed a lot over the years and we were going in different directions all of the time. And so we decided we were going to look for some kind of venture that we could do and see each other more. Um, because I would get home and he would leave and vice versa and we never saw each other. So um, about that time, Brittany got married. We just went through so much with her. Um, We were taken advantage of from the get-go. There's dirty little wedding secrets. You know, you go through venues and they rent out everything that they show you and you don't really realize it and your budget starts to grow as you're trying to. And even individual vendors and um, like I said that was right in the process of us thinking we really want to do something where we can work together where we can see each other more um, where we have we know it's going to be a lot of work but we have freedom to schedule ourselves and um, when we went through all that with Brittany we it just kind of came to the realization like hey we could possibly do this and we could have the best interests of the couples who come through in mind because we've been through it. We could have them come through, not take advantage to the, of them, offer them services that would be helpful to them, um, and do this business like we feel like it should be done. And I'm sure we're always learning, so we're not doing it perfect, but to do it like, like we feel like it should be done in an honest way. And so that's where that all came from.
0: Oh, that's that is great. I mean. You know, one of our questions is a lot of times is, you know, why do you do what you do? And I just answered that why right there is because, you know, you were there and you want to provide something really good for brides and grooms to come out and have a place to uh, really be able to be comfortable and, and know that they're getting the best, you know, venue possible and and that's, that's a great why right there.
2: Well, and I think too, what's really cool is listening to you talk about that. Whenever we talk to people about why did you start your business? Never one time did you mention money in there, right? You never one time mentioned we just wanted to make a lot of money or it was all about the people and serving the people and doing a great job. And I think you guys do a fantastic job of that. Yeah, and,
0: and another thing that's awesome about Rich and Stephanie is, you know, when there are things that the school needs to do, you know, like I think the junior high is going to have a snowball out here and they've had it in the past. And you guys are always up to help out with that. And it's awesome that, you guys are there in the community and uh, are always offering up your services. And like I said, all the time people are—they know about the rustic rose And like I said, I'll—I'll I'll, I'll tell people, "Hey, there's Bruce Temple," and they're like, "That's Bruce Temple." They don't even—you know—that's yeah. like, that's <laughs> the beauty of, of you guys—is y'all are humble. Y'all stay in the mm-hmm. background, and 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 but you're always there and offer up your services. And it's awesome to appreciate everything you guys do in the Thanks. community. Well, so, I mean, yeah.
1: our whole purpose. And we all make money. We all have to make money. And I tell people I make money because I like to play. (laughs) I like to go. I like to enjoy life. And I'm not one of these that that sit back and go, let's see how much money I can make this week because I'm going to work myself to death. But unfortunately, we do work ourselves to death because the venue isn't just a weekend job. You know, we tell people we work about 80 to 90 hours a week on the venue and probably more Stephanie than I because we've got Keaton Air that I got to take care of and I take care of my customers. But, but it, it's not the money, you know, I like making money. I enjoy making money, but I'd rather spend it and help while we're here.
2: Yeah. I love that. Very um, um, Stephanie, I know that you have been working on a magazine, right? With Rustic Rose. So yes. not only the venue, tell us a little bit about that.
3: Well, it kind of is the same thing as the venue. Um, we go every year to a national conference and we get training and we learn about trends and we learn about what the couples are needing and all of that kind of thing. Well, local people don't always have the luxury of doing that or even know about it all of the time. So um, we had worked in various outlets um, and not been very successful as far as what they were providing to us. And we were spending lots of money from them. And the more we um, we're networking with people around us, the more we were realizing that, hey, they're not being represented well. They don't have the tools that they need. Um, they're kind of swimming, you know, downstream or yeah. upstream, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I upstream, know. I got you. There you go. Yeah. Um, but um, they were really needing support whether it be marketing, whether it be um, branding, whether it be just networking to see, oh wow, they go through those same things that I do um, and they need representation. So we started that magazine, especially for country wedding venues because we're in Oklahoma and there was nothing that was representing the country wedding sector and it's huge in Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. So we started that to give them brand um, representation um, we do networking throughout the year as well. We're getting ready to do one in two weeks um, where we'll do some training on branding and we'll do some training on marketing and website refreshing and things like that. Um, and even more valuable, we felt like through the last meetings and trainings was that people can come together and say, oh, my goodness, we're going through this and we really don't know what to do. How have you handled that? Um, just knowing that people have gone through it, knowing how they handled it. So it's that side of it. And then in turn, as a network, we're able to offer then our couples inspiration, um, country wedding, um, advice, things like that, that they are not getting in our area. So it's been a really neat little circle.
0: Well, just another way, like (coughs) Megan said, that's another thing that you're doing that doesn't revolve around the money, it revolves around just adding value to what you can provide to your customers. And, you know, that's one thing that I've learned in the the insurance industry, and the mortgage industry, is if you can add value, that price really doesn't matter. I mean, at the end of the day, price always matters, (laughs) but it's not as big of of an issue when you add the value that you guys are wanting to provide and that and when you build your your company and your business around the value of adding more than what somebody, you know, perceives as of what they're paying for then you're going to be successful all the way around and that's oh, yeah. that's an awesome thing that that you guys are building that on.
1: Yeah, and the thing is is I mean, the magazine really came out of a need, like she said, for country venues, but there's another big magazine company in Oklahoma, I won't say the name, but they don't take care of country venues. They're very modern mm-hmm. and, and we felt like we were being neglected. We were paying them a bunch of money to be in this magazine and they didn't take care of us. A lot of what we do, a lot of what I do, probably more than any, is I don't like bullying. Mm-hmm. I don't like people taking advantage of somebody else. And so when I see just like the wedding business, there's a lot of people that take advantage, not cool, not good. So same thing with the magazine, we saw that there was a need to be taken care of and and I can promise you there's no money in it because mag- print magazines are unbelievably expensive. So we're, we're not making anything on it at this point, but we're providing a service And mm-hmm. our job. I truly believe that we're servants, you know, mm-hmm. and And if we don't serve and don't take care of others, then we're not doing our job. We're we're here for a short time. And, you know, I I came from poverty and we had nothing growing up. And if it wouldn't have been for somebody else helping us, then I could have still been in poverty. But somebody showed me the way and gave me a hand up. And that's, that's, like I said, I don't feel like we're successful. I feel like we're workers and we do a job but that's why we are where we are is because somebody offered a hand up and, and helped me and my brothers get out of the, the situation we were in.
0: And hey, can we, can we talk a little bit about, do you feel comfortable just talking about sure. growing up? Where did you grow up? Uh, you said in poverty, kind of what was your home life situation? You know, what did that look like growing up through high school into college or did you go to college or just go to trade school and kind of how, how okay. that, you know, how you got, uh,
1: your star, my. Okay. We we have different stories. She came from great parents and loving parents, and did the whole deal. Took care of her all through school, and did a great job with her. And and I wish I had that story, but I don't. I mean, my story is more. My mom raised four kids on government assistance. You know, our, our favorite times were going and getting the big giant block of cheese. Yes. and That that was a party for me. You yeah. know, as a young kid, I was like, sweet, we got cheese, you know, so, and, and I didn't know any different. I didn't know that the whole world didn't live that way, but, but that's the difference in us is, like I said, I, I grew up without a dad and, you know, my mom, like I said, raised four kids and did an incredible job, but we, I didn't know I was poor. You know, until I got older and figured out, you know, that, hey, not everybody goes and digs through a dumpster at 10 o'clock at Safeway, you know, on Thursday nights. That's when they threw out all their leftovers and all their outdated stuff. And that was our story as me and my brother. We went dumpster diving and and we got there right at 10 o'clock because we didn't want somebody else to beat us, you know, so I love that Yeah. to this day. I still love cinnamon raisin bread because that was a treat when we found a pack of cinnamon raisin bread that they threw out. I was like, all right, party.
2: (laughs) bingo, Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah, Good times. (laughs) So I I didn't know any different than that. I just knew that old enough to push a lawnmower, you know, I went down the street and people would pay me 50 cents to mow their lawn. And I look back now and think, seriously, you paid me 50 cents. And I did all that work, (laughs) but but I was happy, you know, I, I was making money. So, so that's kind of where I started. And then eventually I got my first job, but my first real job at uh Puddin Lane IGA, which used to be over on North May Avenue. It was a grocery store. And uh I think I was actually 14. I might have lied and told him I was fifteen. So I got the job. But long story short, I started working and I did produce and and I would come in at six in the morning and work from six to eight and then go to school and get the produce all set out and then come back at, at night and work from eight until ten to put the produce up every night. And that was my job. And you know, they, they gave me the name of produce manager and I thought I was really something.
2: Yeah. <laughs> you
1: know, but it was just a job. So that is something. Yeah, it was yeah. something. It was work. I didn't know any different. Mm-hmm. Uh but as far as my high school, I went to Northwest class and and uh you know it's great school to me it's a little rough now and it was a little rough then but I loved it I had good friends and and uh, I didn't go to college I didn't I didn't want an educated person still not an educated person I'm a worker and uh, you know that's who I am
0: and you said earlier you know you had some people help you along the way that's one thing we like to ask a lot of people too is who who is that person or maybe more than one person, that really helped you, kind of guide you in, in some of the things that you've done? Or it may have just been somebody that really just looked out for you and helped helped you along the way. Well, along the way, there's probably
1: two people that I can say really stuck out. One was a guy named Bud Carter, and he was an attorney, and he went to our church. And, uh, and him and Winston Kettner, which is actually my brother's father-in-law, is who that turned out to be. But them two guys helped pay for our family's food. They helped pay our utility bills. They paid for Falls Creek. I never, you know, didn't get to go to Falls Creek because they paid for it. And that was huge. You know, little back then I didn't think it was a big deal, but I look back now and I think, oh my gosh, you know, look, look what they did for us. And they didn't have to. And, uh, and they kind of helped us through the whole process. And long story short, I was I was a horrible kid. I was angry. I wasn't a happy kid because I thought life wasn't fair as I t- got into my teenage years because everybody else had new shoes. And, you know, I bought my first pair of new shoes that I ever had when I was uh, 15, when I worked at Pudding Lane, and I went to Anthony's, C.R. Anthony's, and bought a- fastbacks. Very nice. I'm really aging myself
2: right now. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And I thought I was so cool. And and when I when I got them shoes and I went to school, the kids made fun of me for having fastbacks. And I thought, they're new. This is my first new pair of shoes. And and I didn't get that. But but anyway, there's I dealt with a lot of that stuff and not having my dad around. But uh, and like I said, I, I did stupid stuff. I was a stupid Raised in a bad area. And, uh, and and I got in trouble and went to jail when I was 18. And Winston Kettner bailed me out of jail.
0: And Maybe he said, one of those guys that was yeah. there for you. Yeah.
1: He said, uh, <clears throat> Sorry. He said, You're going to pay me back. So, <clears throat> sorry. You're fine. So, anyway, long story short, he had a heat and air business, a supply house and uh, and he made me sweep the floors and and that's where I got started in the heat and air business and I swept the floors and mopped the floors and eventually I started working on the counter and eventually I had heat and air guys come in and say, Hey, do you wanna to work tonight? And I was like, What are we doing? And they're like, Well, I don't know, just heat and air and I was like, Whatever. You know, if you're paying me, I'm there. So that's how I got in the heat and air business and it's it's made a decent living for me
3: you know so um, I got married I went to a, a little college and more it is Hillsdale Bible College it uh, is not that anymore that's when you're old it's Randall um, and got married right after college and um, was a pastor's wife for almost 20 and okay. um, and I loved the life I loved being and serving and, and helping people and um, that's kind of my was my heart and um, and then I I found out that my husband was cheating on me and he left and went to live with another lady and was taking the kids there. I mean, it was just kind of an awful nightmare that you come to the realization of. However, once I was removed from that situation, um, it was obviously a hard time, but I saw that for years and well, I was told what didn't do, how awful I was, and just not really in a good environment, but I'm one of these people that you know, it's okay. It's probably my fault. You know, I, I would just take it all on me and I didn't have a horrible life. I, I loved my life because I I was still serving God. I was still doing all of those things. And I had lots of great people around. So I, I didn't see my life as a loss or anything like that. And I was teaching. I loved teaching. It was another servant position where you could help kids. And I really did love that. Um, but, Yes, to, to be removed from a situation when you're that kind of a person. You know, you always see on the TV, how could you not know that? Right. Yeah. You know, but when you're in the middle of it and you're trying to be a positive person, a lot of times you just make excuses for the way things are. And that's kind of the way I was. So when I, I got out of that, and and I was doing decent, it was the kids and I, and we were holding fast and i was not going to be married again i didn't need to be married again i was married 20 years you know um and i met bruce and that all changed Went <laughs> downhill. That's, But that's just <laughs> it was one of the biggest examples that i had of god has a plan for you and it is not your plan yeah um and i just like i said i didn't plan and i was okay with not being married um Honestly, my mindset when I met Bruce was, "I need a good friend. Yes, that would be great—someone to go do things when the kids aren't home or whatever." Um, But God did have a plan, and uh, you know, I learned a lot about myself in the midst of all of that. What I was taken from, and what God—God helped me. I had four kids; um, never wanted for anything. Were times hard? Yes, they were hard. A single mom raising four kids, Um, and. I grew a lot in faith, which I'm so thankful for because I went from the mentality of teaching people about faith and love and hope to realizing I didn't understand what faith and love and hope were right. because I didn't need to. Mm-hmm. you know. But when I got to a point in my life where my only choice was to trust God because I couldn't make things work for myself, I couldn't make things happen and um, that I just needed to trust God, I learned about faith and I love, learned about love and I learned about hope. And it was all derived from God where you can't understand that when you don't have to understand that. And I didn't know that. So you just learn through those really tough times. And once I started to learn that, well, then he brings Bruce along <laughs> um, and we fell in love and got married and life just completely turned around and are there hard times for everybody? There's hard times for everybody all the time. I don't want anybody to ever think that everything's perfect and that once you hit a certain level or meet a certain person or or something that everything's perfect, because that's a misconception. Mm -hmm. That's a misconception that I had growing up. As long as you make good choices, everything's going to work out perfect. And that's not the way it is, but boy, is my quality of life wonderful. Boy, have I learned lessons. And we're in such a blessed, blessed spot. And I have someone who loves me unconditionally, even when I'm a stinker, you know, (laughs) Um, no matter what. But he's taught me so much and encouraged me about who God made me to be and what I can accomplish. Of course, it's it's God's choice. You know, it's what he wants for us ultimately. Um, But to step out and to do that and just because I had that period where someone was telling me, you can't do that and oh, you're not good at that and you should not do that. Um, it just means that much more to me.
0: What I got from that, just the story that you just talked about was, you know, you were in a position to teach people, and, but you didn't, you didn't realize what you didn't realize until you went through it. Mm-hmm. And now you're in a position to where I've been, you can say, I've been there. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're going through let me help you learn what i've
2: learned that's an incredible story yeah just sitting here with you and just especially seeing what you guys have built from that um it's really neat to see the other thing too that kind of stands out for me in that story is your mindset change of like you know life isn't fair this is not where i want to be to now where you guys are and you're so giving I i I don't even know you guys that well, but that reputation surrounds you that well, you guys are very giving and caring. So kind of how has your mindset changed from being a teen in that scenario to today? Oh, I think
1: and sorry, I talk a lot. Oh. But uh I mean, my <coughs> mindset's changed a bunch because when I was a teen, I just wanted for myself, you know, and raising my kids. I wanted to take care of my kids and I did everything I had to do to make sure they went to college and got an education, which, you know, there's other ways to make a living in college. But but I felt like they needed to get an education because I didn't have. But so, I mean, I really focused on that and and I've always wanted to help kids and always have tried to help kids whenever I can. Like we hire kids to work here and it's always high school kids from cash in is what we try to hire. And uh, so long story short, I think as I've gotten older, I still have the mindset of I don't want to die rich, you know, I, I want to die happy and I want to help as many people as I can. So we're actually working on some things and it's kind of not laid out completely, but we're actually going to do some things that are going to help a lot of kids. And, you know, my, my goal is to change a thousand kids' lives. We'll see.
0: You know, just hearing that story talk about you're 14, you told the grocery store that you're 15 just to get a job, you know, just to get to work. Being able to take that and buy those brand new pair of shoes and then made some mistakes. Sure. But that mistake, you know, God used that mistake to really get you in a position where you owed a a guy back, you know, and, and, but that right there, and you may have thought, man, this guy's making me sweep and hop or whatever. But (laughs) it was that start right there and your hustle mentality and like, yes, sir, I'm going to pay you back. It turned into a career that really was able to kind of, get you started with everything else that you've got going so that just that
2: just a snowball basically yeah but
0: to me you know that's exactly what i I love that because it teaches me i can take that and put it into what i do and what i teach try to teach my kids is make mistakes you're going to make mistakes but what comes out of those mistakes is going to be great yeah and and don't be afraid to make those mistakes because it, it, you can use them now. Don't go make a mistake on purpose.
2: Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) it could be life changing. And and it it was
1: for me. I mean, I, I can honestly say at the time, I thought my world was ending, you know, because I'd never been to jail and never been in that kind of trouble. And, and I got in big trouble and I thought, Oh man, I just ruined my whole life Yeah. and little did I know it's the best thing that I ever could have done, you know, and it changed my life for the best because I thought I don't want that. You know, and, and the thing is, is, is there's so many kids that that are raised in the same story that I was raised. Mm-hmm. My, my story's not unique. I mean, there's thousands and thousands of kids who don't know any different because that's how they're raised. You know, they're raised in an environment, and they're not doing it because they want to be mean. A lot of times, they're doing it because that's how they live. Mm-hmm. You know, they they think they've got to break into a car and and steal something because that's how they get what they want, you know,
2: it's survival.
1: And they don't know any different because generations have taught them that. And, and my family wasn't a horrible family, but I hung out with a lot of bad kids and, you know, and I learned that if I want something, I just go get it. You know, you don't work for it. You just go get it. And little did I know, I guess I knew that it was wrong, but, but it was so accepted in my environment that it was okay and like i said there's so many kids that that have that today that think it's okay because that's how they're raised their dad did it their uncle did it their buddies do it and mm-hmm. and, and unless somebody steps in and shows them different that's what they're going to do that's what they're going to teach their kids and, their and, kids and will do yeah. that's right and it's going to be another generation of of poverty and theft and crime and
0: I mean, it's just uh, like i said just crazy how you, you had that mentality, but once you got um, caught and realized this is not the life for me, you pretty well turned it around. You know, it may not have turned, not turned around on the dime, but I think it was uh, just the guy giving you an opportunity to work and then your hustle mentality of, yeah, you know, uh, let's go to work. And, and any time somebody brought a, a, an idea to you or gave you an opportunity, you took it. And, you know, that's a, the big thing about entrepreneurship is, an opportunity and you taking advantage of it and it sounded like you took full opportunity of what the guy gave you.
2: Which another question that we like to ask our guests is what advice would you give yourself whenever you were younger? So whenever you were younger, maybe right whenever you got arrested, maybe after that part, but, you know, just whenever you were younger, what would you tell yourself today? And then Stephanie will ask you that same question.
1: Uh, I'd say don't get caught, but (laughs) 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 no, I'm just kidding. No, I I mean, just work. There's so many opportunities. And, and like I said, there's work, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's picking up limbs, you know, or mowing grass or, a sweep in somebody's warehouse or whatever, I mean, there's opportunities. You just have to take it and, and, and do something with it and not sit back. And I, I'm not a person who feels sorry for people. I just don't. You know, I think there's opportunities for everybody and even the people who are in a situation, there's an opportunity for it's a choice, you know, and, and when I was young, I made bad choices and and i still make bad choices you know I, I have to go to night every go to bed every night and pray god will forgive me for my stupid choices that i made that day and yeah. and i'm sure he's looking down going really we just had the conversation yesterday
2: you know? so Thankfully he's forgiving yeah. yeah that's right
1: he forgives and and that's a good thing but i think just choices and and taking opportun taking advantage of the opportunity
2: which i think that's a great lesson too to learn of you know, if you have an opportunity to go sweep a floor, go sweep that floor. If that's the only opportunity, because it could turn into what you guys have now, you know, whenever you're sweeping that floor, when you're 18, you're probably not thinking, I'm going to run a wedding venue one day, you know, but I would
1: have never thought that. Yeah.
2: But you swept the floor and you worked your way up and had means to be able to do other things. And so I think, just for anyone out there, if you have an opportunity, take it.
1: I'm still sweeping floors.
2: Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> 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 Stephanie said <idea>.
0: yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
3: Stephanie, what about you? What's some advice you would give yourself? Well, and um, I was raised completely opposite of him. I had the most wonderful family in the world, and I was taken to church from the time I was born. So the biggest um. Thing that I always have to lean back on because it's what everything is built on is I, I was taught to trust God from a young age. But how many times have I tried to control it myself? Yeah. That's something that I visit constantly, whether mm-hmm. it be in immediate family, thinking that I need to control what my adult kids' choices are because you know. My mom yeah, or whatever. They're your children. <laughs> yeah. I, I've learned that you just have to trust God. And I've been through so many things from growing, between growing up and, and here to where I learn more and more to trust God. And I learned that in business or whatever else it is that we're doing that over and over, I don't pay enough attention to the control that God has that I have to learn a hard lesson and start praying about it again. God wants good things for us, but to trust Him, and He blesses so much, whether it just be spiritually, but He blesses financially, He blesses in all other things, um, when you just really follow Him, and I think that's the biggest.
1: She's a better Christian than I am. (laughs) It's obvious.
3: Stop it! Stop it! Stop it. <laughs> I don't think there's a ranking system. I
2: don't know that God does that, but that was beautiful. You actually made me tear up a little. bit. I just love that answer. Yeah, I mean, she,
1: she is. She's she's the most godly person I know. I mean, she's a rock, and not unfortunately, I'm,
0: I, well, I here, fail. Here's the way I look at it: is in spite of the things that in the hand that you were dealt early on. you you, you've used that and have been a great christian you know example Mm -hmm. and that right there is massive and i promise you bruce me and you both we make (laughs) we both make bad choices and i think everybody does but it's i try to tell my son is learn from those choices and i'm telling you know do as i say not as i do because (laughs) a lot of times i make the same but you know even though when you do make those mistakes over and over again maybe you learn a little bit from every one, every one of them so uh, now that both of you guys are, are great examples uh, for our youth and the people in our community and uh, the both of the stories coming from two different places to me and and really make something work like you have you guys have is, is an awesome story and uh, man uh, it's pretty inspiring uh, the last question we really want to uh, always throw out there to our guests is you know what legacy do you want to leave what do you think your legacy will be uh, when you're gone we just want to know what you think your legacy will be or what do you want your legacy to be all said and done uh
1: i think for me i think i want to make a difference i think i, I don't think unless you're if you, if you're not making a difference if you're not doing something then sitting on the sidelines and and i don't want to be that person. I, I want to be able to say when I'm dead and gone, he actually did it. He stepped out and he made a difference. He changed somebody's world. You know, I, I hear people all the time say, well, you're not going to change the world by doing this. Well, I don't have to change the world. I have to change one person's world. And and that's my goal is to change kids' world so that when they grow up, they're our future. And if we all just sit back and don't help somebody to get where they need to be then i hate to see what we are in 40 or 50 years
2: mm-hmm. yeah exactly which i mean i'll say it again i am obviously a bruce and stephanie temple <laughs> fan i just adore you guys i love to see what you're doing in our community and i can't wait to see what you keep doing so
0: i, I really really appreciate all the things that you do our small town of Cashin, you know, you show up to town meetings, you are there, you're involved, and uh, you are there not just to make money for yourself, but you want to see the community strive That's and right. be mm-hmm. uh, something that is just trophy out in the world, and it's cool the things that you are, are willing to do. And- well, I appreciate what you guys are doing. This yeah. is cool.
3: It is very neat. Thanks. Well, it's
0: definitely fun getting to sit down and talk to people like you and find out your stories.
2: Well, and I really do think you are the perfect guest to have on here because there are so many people, like you said, your story is not unique, but not everyone shares it. And so it's really neat to be able to hear your story because I know that it will be inspiring for one of our listeners, hopefully, who maybe they're going through that rough time right now and they hear it and realize it's not all over. My life isn't over if I get thrown in jail, you know, I can turn it around
1: and make a difference. Well, God has a plan. You know, we we think we have a plan, we don't have a clue. You know, God has a plan for everything. So trust with it, trust. Like
0: Stephanie said, just trust in what he's got for you. We appreciate you guys having heard letting us interview you. Thanks. Wow, Megan, uh man, those two individuals have an awesome story. And the thing is the uniqueness of both of their stories is something to hear in their in itself but the way that they have come together to really uh, be a success story is makes it even better.
2: Oh yeah, just so impressive, very inspiring. If you have not ever been out to Rustic Rose, it is gorgeous. If you have any events, I know they would love to host those. And so again, just look in our show notes on ways to reach out to them so you can get that scheduled.
0: Okay, that is it for episode number two of the Legacy Builder Podcast. And you know, I just wanna leave you with this. My takeaway from Bruce and Stephanie's interview was that they are both servant leaders and they really have built both all of their businesses around that identity and legacy and what a legacy that is. Uh, we sure appreciate those two jumping on today and they are leaving an awesome legacy And we are all Legacy Builders. Like I always say, continue to listen to this podcast because we are going to have some awesome guests on in the next few weeks. And we're excited to share those with you as a listener. So to wrap it up today, I'm going to leave you with what I'm going to leave you with every episode. And that is, what is your legacy? Because we are all Legacy Builders.